Good morning, Chair City Church. How are you today? You know, someone said to me, they said, you know, these have been some hard transitions because we're watching these videos and they're, they're just kind of really emotional and just solemn. And then we're supposed to clap a lot. It's a tough transition. But, you know, we, we settle in on the realization that people are going through some incredibly difficult times in their life. And, and yet we just, we pause and our hearts are with them. And then we just, we just praise God. We celebrate the God, right, who, who doesn't fail. And he doesn't fail because he's God. He cannot fail, right? He doesn't fail because he's a holy, holy, holy God, right? A sovereign God. So he doesn't fail us because he cannot fail us, yes? So I want to welcome you all to week three, the last week of our series, One God Doesn't Make Sense. Like we're in this series because we're talking about when, you know, when things are happening in our lives and it's not what we expected. It seems like we're praying to God, we're calling out to God, and things are not happening in a timeline uh, that we hope for, like now would be great, right? We, we don't feel or sense His presence. We don't think He's there. Our prayers are seemingly going unanswered. We talked about in week one, God being inattentive to us. Week two, we talked about God being uncooperative, or seemingly uncooperative. And today, we're going to talk about when God seems late. When God is late, yeah, there's something going on in your life significant. It's not positive, it's negative, it's disrupting, debilitating, and you're talking to God, you're praying to God, you're, you're, you're waiting and waiting for Him to remove that from Him, to take it away. You're looking for the change, you're wanting the change, you're waiting for it, whatever it is, and it's just not happening. That relationship, it's not changing. The medical issue, it's not improving. The finances, they're not, it's not, in, we don't see an increase. And we're waiting. What I want you to know is that in the midst of all that, that you can maintain a faith in God. In the midst of waiting and wrestling and waiting and wanting and wanting and waiting and thinking God is not present, is God here? Why isn't he changing it? That you can have a faith in God, a meaningful faith when this is going on. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. Not even close. Today we're going to jump into John chapter 11. We're going to look at a story about a family, two sisters, Mary and Martha, and their brother Lazarus. Now, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they were very close to Jesus, kind of like best friends, if you will. They would hang out together, have dinner together, which was a big deal in that culture. Well, the one day came, and Lazarus gets very ill. And so Mary and Martha, first thing that pops up in their head would say to you and I, hey, let's call Jesus, right? He will heal our brother. He will make him better. I mean, reasonable. We've seen him do it for others. We've seen him do it for strangers. So let's jump into John chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went to so the so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Jesus is about a now Jesus is about a day and a half walk away from where the girls are and their brother. And the message they sent to Jesus was, Lord, the one you love is sick. You see how close they are, that they don't even need to say Lazarus. The one you love, Lord, is not well. He's sick. And of course, 
the way I would think they're imagining how this is going to play out is they're going to send word to Jesus and Jesus is going to come. Verse 4 says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Okay, so where is this going, huh? It gets worse, by the way, if you're confused with that statement. Did, did Jesus just attach the word sickness and glory together? I mean, sickness is a bad thing. Glory is a good thing. Why are they in the same sentence? And Jesus, are you saying that Jesus is saying that what's going to happen in Lazarus' life, the sickness, what's happening, the key word, so that God's son, Jesus, may be glorified through it? Yes. Yes, God's son will be glorified through the sickness that's upon Lazarus. That's a different way of thinking for many of you. It's a different way to contemplate, to consider your God. What Jesus is telling Martha and Mary, what he's telling us here today, is I'm about to give you hope. When you think there's no hope, it might not be the hope you're expecting. It might not be the hope you're waiting for. And, and there are degrees of this hope, but ultimately, this is the ultimate hope, you know? Yes, you can hope things will be better. Yes, you can hope things will be removed. Yes, but most of all, hope in Jesus. Hope in Jesus that he would be glorified in your life. This is the greatest hope of all. Without that hope, no other hope exists. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. <laughs> I'm wondering if this was a, a certainly... The scripture is inspired. It's without error. I, I wonder if I can, this was a little strategical, maybe this statement. Meaning, when I thought, when I read this and I did some study on it and heard this stated, I thought of one of my younger children. Uh, he is the most honest of all our children to this day. My other children would, would take exception to that. They wouldn't like what I just said. It is what it is. And, uh, and when he was younger, even more so. And when we would ask him what would happen, there were times when he would say, he'd pause and he'd look at me and Christy and he'd say, you sure you want to know this? You're not going to like it. <laughs> and then he would just like, wah. <laughs> You're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> we thought it was this, it's this, right? And uh, I wonder if that's why God inspired John, the Apostle John, St. John, to write this verse 5. Because John is like saying, heads up, what you're about to read, you're not going to like it. But hang in there. So let's keep going. Verse 6. So when he, Jesus, heard that Lazarus was sick, he rushed there. He dropped everything. He went to be with Mary and Martha. No, it's not what it says. It says he stayed where he was two more days. Seriously. Then, verse 7, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea and the disciples responded, but Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? And I think what's going on there is, you know, the disciples are like, wait, time out. You know, when, when they try and stone you and throw rocks at you, they miss you and hit us, right? So maybe we don't want to go back there. Verse 9, Jesus answers them and says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. For they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have 
no light. It's like, wow, that's just, that's just deep, Jesus. Like, what are you saying? Right? What are you trying to tell us? They're looking at him. And what Jesus is talking about to them and to us is about opportunity. He's saying, I am going to leave this earth and it's going to happen sooner than later. And when I leave this earth, it's going to get harder, more difficult, more painful for you. It's going to get a lot darker. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to have the opportunity to experience something that will be so vivid to you, that will be a light to you in the midst of all the pain and suffering and evil that's going to come into your life, into our lives. That we would have this kind of faith that moves mountains, the faith that cannot fail. Faith, not a faith that we would, I don't want to say concoct, but construct is a, is a nicer word, so that God could be who we need him and want him to be, and, and God is who we need him and want to be, but he's so much more, right, than just what what we would expect him to be. He's so much more than that. Verse 11, after he, Jesus had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, they really don't want to go there. Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. I'm sure they did. So then he told them plainly, without question, Lazarus is dead. Now, now and after this, Jesus makes this statement. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an insensitive statement. It, to some of you, to people, it could be simply, it's an offensive statement. It could be taken that way. Meaning, I'm telling you this because sometimes there's a, 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 a people either insinuate or come out and say that the Bible is made up. It's men or women, well-intended, whatever, written by men. People have different opinions and views, but, but it was, it's just, it was made up. It was people's imagination, if you will, right? And, and here's what I say. If you are making this story up and it was to be about Jesus being God and people following him, you would not write these words in there. You know, you just would not, this is not, you would not make, the, you, the story would not read like this. As Keith Bander and I'd say, you just can't make this stuff up, right? There's no way we would have scripted it this way. So after telling his followers Lazarus is dead, he turns to them and says this in verse 15. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there. So that you may believe, but let us go to him. Okay, so what, woe, ha? Huh? You knew he was going to die. You did not go to help him. And you're glad that you didn't go and you're glad he's dead? Peter, John, Andrew, like, like, are we actually following this guy? Why? Why would you do that? What could we gain from that? And Jesus says, I already told you what you would gain from that, so that you may believe, 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 truly believe, with a capital monstrous, monumental B, believe. And this really conflicts with, you know, the belief system that we construct about God, how we approach God. This story is teaching us that God is to be at the center of our life, and he is to be honored, and he, ex and he is to be exalted because he is God. 
because of what he's done for us in the crucified and resurrected Jesus and who Jesus is, our Lord and Savior. That's what it's about. Verse 16 says, Then Thomas, this is the same Thomas you might know as the doubting Thomas who denied, you know, had issues with believing in, in the resurrected Jesus, right? It says, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that, me, that we may die with him. All right, so, la- so here's Thomas, right? He's not just a doubting Thomas, he's a Debbie Downer Thomas, right? So la- Lazarus is dead, the Jews are going to kill us, let's just, we're going to die, Jesus is going to die, let's just have one big great funeral, down, down, down. It's like the, he's the E.R. of the New Testament, right? Right? <laughs> And Anna, if, if you haven't seen the movie Christopher Robin, it's a very good movie. Adults and kids, we, so we loved it. Okay, so verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bible tells us four days because it's significant. You know, people in that, in, in times of antiquity, they thought, okay, that perhaps if someone had died, that you know, up to three days, there was a shot that they would come back to life. The spirit was still hovering around, and they kind of tied that to like on the fourth day, man, the body would start decomposing. This, this game is over, and when the body decomposes, what does it do? It smells, right? The, the King James Version says, he stinketh, <laughs> if you read the, the King James Version of Lazarus' body, not Jesus. He stinketh. Verse 18 says, Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When, Mary, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Another interesting comment. Mary stayed home. This is the same Mary who poured perfume on Jesus, who, who wiped his feet with her hair. The, the same Mary who, when she did that, risked massive humiliation and rebuke from the, the, the people, the men, religious leaders at that time. The same Mary who would sit at Jesus' feet and just sort of adoring him, worshiping him. That's not what's happening right now. This Mary, she's back at home, likely frustrated, angry, confused, just not in that place of adoration and worship and sacrifice and abandoning and surrendering to Jesus. Maybe, she, you know, she's mad. I mean, I'm, I'm imposing that. I'm supposing that, that she's mad. Jesus, you could have. Jesus, you should have. Jesus, I would have. Jesus, why didn't you? I would have. Why is this happening? I waited for you and you didn't come. I wanted you to do this, and you didn't. It's not what I expected. I expected something different. God, this isn't making sense. Verse 21, Lord, Martha says to Jesus, Martha speaking to him, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Martha runs out, meets Jesus, and she pretty much tells Jesus what we think Mary's thinking, right? This is your fault, Jesus. You could have done something about this. Then she goes on in verse 22 to say, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So here's my kind of, you know, view on this. So Martha's thinking, okay, Jesus, you made the mess, and I want you to know that I expect you to do something about this. God, I, I, I waited and I waited, It seems too late. You're not making sense, but you know what? I still have faith in you, God. I still have faith that you can do what I've asked and what I'm waiting for and what I expect from you. 
And I'm still following you and trusting in you, God, to do this. We wrestle with God. We struggle with God. Many of you are living in this place today, right now, and things are getting worse, not better. You're praying for a miracle for yourself, for, for someone you love. It's just not happening. God, I've honored you. I've trusted you. What, why? What's happening here? You're not doing what I, I've expected. You're not the God I expected you to be right now. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Yeah. If God did what you expected, he would not be the God of eternity. <laughs> he, 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 would, he, would, he would not, you would not have a faith that would find eternity is what I'm proposing to you. And you say, well, you know, well, well what about the people that, you know, you know, man, if Jesus raised someone I love from the dead, if Jesus healed me, oh, no, no, I had a faith in him. You know, Scripture doesn't give us that pattern. There are many people, maybe most people, that Jesus healed and did phenomenal things, and, and they did not stay with him. But today what I'm talking about is a faith that endures all, a faith that, that really knows a God that cannot fail, a faith that, that it doesn't really, you're not going to walk out of here like, woohoo, you know, like, yeah, baby, God can do anything. And I'm not mocking or being sarcastic. But a faith that when you're hanging by a thread, you're going to keep going. You're going to press on. You're going to know my God is with me. Verse 23, Jesus says to her, Martha, your brother will rise again. I, I, I'm wondering if this is like a moment where, you know, where, how Martha is kind of perceiving this from her perception that, you know, where, yeah, this is when people are going to tell me things, kind of cliches, platitudes, you know, tell me things I know, but to tell me again, thinking it's going to make me feel better when it's not making me feel any better right now, you know? Like, you know, oh, she's in a better place, or he's, he's up in heaven looking down on us right now, right? Oh, true, but, but does it really float my boat right now emotionally? You know? Yeah, I, I, I get that, I know that, but I got this gaping hole in my heart. Martha responds in verse 24, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeah, I, I know that. I'm aware of that. But, but, but you should have been here. I know that, Jesus. But you, 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 you should have done something about this. And Jesus says something that, again, you can't make this stuff up, that only the Son of God would say. He sees this woman. She's, she's coming apart emotionally, grieving. He looks at her and he says... I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha, he's saying to her, you think the resurrection is about an event. And it is an event. But, but Martha, I am the resurrection. You are standing and talking to the resurrection. This morning... Let's add. Yes, it's okay to wait. It's okay to want. But let's add believing in Jesus as the resurrection. When we're talking to him, we're talking to the resurrection. The one who has conquered death. 
Jesus says, I am the re resurrection. With me, death is not the final say. I died for your sins. You don't have to pay the price for them. The things you might regret, you're still toying with that are out there. This, you, I, you are forgiven. You are in the right place to know God, and eternity is yours to have. Put your faith in me. Although you die physically, you will live in eternity with your heavenly Father. You see, Mary and Martha were hoping, waiting, wanting for a healing. Jesus is giving them a resurrection. What they wanted was good and reasonable. But yet Jesus had something as a whole so much better. And we're here today. And God is telling us through his word, you're wanting something. You're waiting for something. And yet I tell you this. And look, if it was, I'm just telling you what the word says, meaning what God is teaching us. That whatever it is, if you got it, it wouldn't be as great as the resurrection. It would not be as great as Jesus. It would not be. There is nothing greater than the resurrection. There is nothing greater than us being with our Heavenly Father. There is nothing greater than us abiding and resting in the resurrection, Jesus Christ. Jesus asks Martha, do you believe I am the resurrection and the life, the life? Do you still trust me? Do you, do you still think I am who I said I was, even though I haven't done what you expected me to do? And Martha says in verse 27, Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So, so she digs deep now, right? She, she's digging deep, Martha, and she, she's saying, Yes, I do believe you are the Son of God. She goes back home, tells Mary, Jesus is asking for her. Mary goes out, has kind of a similar conversation with Jesus as Martha had when she first met him, that first part of the conversation. The Bible says, when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. We can pause and take a hold of those precious words today. When you're in the middle, are in the middle of pain and suffering, and that could be some sort of a, a, a physical ailment, someone passing, divorce. It could be something you're living through with a child that, that really almost seemingly is ongoing. You can take a hold of those words today. Jesus wept. When God is not doing what you expected him to do or of him and you're waiting and wanting, you can know this. Jesus wept, that he is present. He is with you in the midst of your pain. He is not distant. He is not personal. That's why he gave us these words. I am not a distant God. I am a very personal God. I know your pain. When people describe God as this like, you know, kind of dictator up in the sky, he's out there and, and weird, and he doesn't, no, he is with us in our pain. Verse 38 says, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. 
So they're kind of shocked at what he's doing. Remember, it's the death day, the fourth day. And, and they're like, okay, listen, this, this is done, man. This goose is cooked. It's over. You're too late. And Jesus, his response to Martha is the same one. It's his response to us today. He says in verse 40, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If you believe, if you trust me, if you lean on me, if you have confidence in me, you're going to see God's glory. So now, right now, your, your, your brain and your emotions, are, they're trying to catch up with each other, right? Like, what? Okay, <laughs> so you want to feel good, but there's something in, in, in your frontal cortex here that's telling you, okay, I, I just can't get the logic. Because I think what's happening is, all this is about Jesus. All that happened, all the pain, all the suffering, all the confusion was about you, Jesus, getting all the glory. It's like, it's like that's what it seems like. Oh, that's what it is. Yes, it's all about Jesus getting the glory. Jesus is saying to them, to us, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put one foot in front of the other. In the middle of your pain and suffering and difficulty, just put one foot in front of the other. Keep pressing on and trusting in me in the middle of all of that. And if you keep believing in me and you keep pressing on, you will see my glory. You will get a wonderful glimpse that you'll be able to gaze at and hold on to and feel my glory. It will surpass your pain. It will drown out your sorrow. It will take you to a place you never thought you could be, doing things you never thought you could imagine. I will show you my glory. So they roll away the stone, in verse 41, and it says, so they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus, fully man and fully God. So Jesus is showing them and to us is that I am here to point you to the Father. I am here to point you to my heavenly Father. I am here to glorify the Father. And everything that you have gone through is all part of this process. And one day you will see me go through horrific pain and life-numbing capillary bursting, blood pouring sorrow. Verse 42, Jesus says, I know, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus is showing us, he's demonstrating prayer to us, an honest and intimate discussion with God. And Jesus wants us to get a glimpse of this for our benefit. Jesus wants the people who are standing there to see that for their benefit, that he's the son of God, that he is exalting his father in heaven, and he is talking to and communicating and yielding and surrendering to his father in heaven. People say to us, you know, and well, you know, people say, and, and they do, it's kind of like an indictment, and, I, and it's a, not a fair indictment against Christendom, Christianity, against Jesus, the Bible. That God is a God, you know, it's like this God's up there and, and he, he's a puppet master and we're his puppets and he's just running our lives, you know, and it's all about him. You'll get that. And I think when we hear that, we're like, you know, we, we get defensive, you know, like, no, no, it's not all about him, he loves us. No, no, it is all about him. Oh, he does love you, but it is all about him. They're, 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 you know, the beauty of it is, is that the God 
who glorifies himself came down to earth to relate to you that you would know him. That same God was crucified on a cross that your sins would be forgiven and you would be made right and you could be with, with him in holiness of heaven. That same God has made a way for you to be with him. That's the God, right? That's, that's our God. Jesus goes on to say in verse, it says in verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, told him to, you know, to roll the stone away, and he yelled, just loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. Yeah, I'm sure they believed in him, right? You know, he just raised a dead guy, man. And not just dead, but dead after four days. I mean, if he can do that, there's nothing he can't do. This is it. He must be the son of God. We know that. We know there's nothing Jesus can't do. And maybe that's why we expect him to do something about our pain and our sorrow. Why doesn't God do something about that? About that, whatever that is. We don't know, but we do know this about our God. That he can do something, right? That sometimes he waits and we trust him in the meantime. He can. Pray, pray for your miracle. Pray to be healed. We believe in the supernatural here at Chair City Church. Pray that God would work that in your life or in the life of your loved one. Rest with God. There's no guarantee you're going to see that miracle that you're expecting. Remember, God will exceed your expectations. Two, sometimes he waits. What do you do when you're waiting? You, you just keep praying to a God who you know loves you. You just keep praying. You struggle, you wrestle, you keep putting one foot in front of the other. You keep pressing on. You keep saying to yourself, okay, I don't get this, I don't understand this right now, but you know what, but I have my hope in Jesus. Yes, I'm hoping that I will walk again. Yes, I'm hoping my child will do such and yes. Yes, I'm hoping my wife, my husband, yeah, I'm, uh, but, but I hope more than in Jesus who cannot fail me, who will not fail, because he's a holy, holy, holy God. His love is holy. His anger is holy. More than anything else, his, he is holy. He is perfect. He is sovereign. Remember, and last this, remember, we can trust in him along the way. In the meantime, why doesn't God do something? I, I couldn't tell you definitively. But I know this, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. I promise you that. That I know, because the Bible tells me so, because that I have seen in people's lives, and I have experiences. You will see the glory of God. Jesus will be glorified through your life if you continue to trust, to hold on to that faith. I get it. Like I said, this might not get you going emotionally, but listen, this is the faith that God calls you to. This is the faith that when things get difficult, you are not going to default 
to your way of living out life. This is the faith that's going to help you manage. Say manage with me. Okay, thank you. Say manage with me. I got something to tell you. I'm not talking to myself. Say manage. Thank you. This is the faith that will help you manage life. Manage. It's difficult. There's a lot going on. The faith that dismisses this, that rejects this, is the faith that will help you control your life. Say control. Okay, there's a difference. Manages, things happen. Come my way, I didn't know they were coming. Difficulty, shortness in finances, challenge in marriage, something happening with my family, whatever it is. And you know what? I'm going to manage that with my faith in God. That means what was working yesterday might not work today. And, 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 and that means not faith-wise, but you know how we're in the ebb and flow, like a guitar falling on a Haitian to my left, right? <laughs> so managing that would be, you know, fixing the, it's good to go to, managing that would be fixing the strap, you know? <laughs> giving him a chair to sit in. There's a lot of ways we can, we can change, right? Control is, I am controlling my life. I am surviving. And so when things come my way, I'm going to do what I've always known to survive. So you know what? The guitar is going to go in the same place tomorrow because that's what I think works. Yeah, I know there's a God. I, 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 I know he loves Haitians, okay? <laughs> but, 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 this is what I know to do. So difficulty has come, sorrow has come, uncertainty has come, challenge has come, and I'm going to do what I know helps the numbers add up at the bottom line. I'm going to do what I know just keeps me emotionally sound. God, you can't come here. I'm going to be flexible. I'm not going to be flexible. I'm going to be rigid, and I'm going to take control and do what I know to do, and the guitar is going to go back there. And next week, the guitar will fall again, and I'll pick it up, and I'll put it right back there. I'll go around and around in circles, always returning to do the same thing over and over again. Do you understand why I wanted you to say manage and control? Because this has got to be speaking to somebody, because I know it would speak to me. Listen. God is wanting to glorify himself in your life. This is truth. This is great faith. Do you hear me? This will deliver you. This will help you break through. This will transform your life. That you can just sit before God and say, you know what? I, I believe in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus. I hope in Jesus, regardless of anything else. I hope for this. I pray for that. I like that. I'm waiting for this. But it's in Jesus because he is Jesus. And now when this difficulty comes, this decision is happening, what should I do? What should I do not do? You know what? I am looking at Jesus. I am hoping in Jesus, and he will help me manage this and go through this as I lean on him, I'm not going to take control and see the God that I've constructed who hopefully is going to give me what I want and what I need, okay, and who's a good God and I like God and I'll do a little bit here for them, a little bit that, but this, no, that is not the God that you're called to believe in and to trust in, okay? Just say okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. Jesus, even now, oh God, I believe that you are God who heals. And, and Jesus, I believe you're healing people right now. You're healing them emotionally. I believe, God, even now through this, you're, you're, you're touching them and, and, and healing them physically, oh God. Lord, you are a God who cannot fail, and you do how and wish you choose. 
And we are so grateful that you have chosen us, oh God, that you've called us, oh God, to know you, to love you, to be with you, to be here today and to know this, oh God. This moment, oh God, where we can have relationship with you, we can have intimacy with you, oh God. And then my prayer today is, God, that we, all of us here today, oh God, we will give up control and we will turn to you and help you manage our life, oh God, that you will just bring us, oh God, along and you'll carry us to eternity, oh God. Our hope is in you, oh God. You are greater than anything we expect. You exceed our expectations. And to the one who's in here right now, and you, have, you are not in relationship with Jesus. You have not known him really as the Lord of your life. You have not known him for just the hope that he is. And, and, and he certainly has not guided your life, but you have remained in control. But today is different. Today is the day where you cry out to God, I need you. And I thank you for Jesus, my Lord. I, I honor Jesus today. I, I believe with all that I can. Call it an imperfection, but I go in the right direction today, and I believe in Jesus. I'm not perfect, but I'm going in the right direction. We are not perfect. We are going in the right direction, and we believe in Jesus. Today, you believe in Jesus, and that you will follow him. You will press on, taking one step at a time. And today, we just praise and thank God for your moment Take a hold of it. Let it settle in. As the team is playing that last song, I encourage all of you to come into a time of worship to just really hold on to what God is saying to you and speaking to you and to those who have come into right relationship with Jesus, that you will just consider that and ponder that and treasure that. In Jesus' precious name, amen.